0: Hi, this is Pastor Tom Holliday, and I want to welcome you to our study of the book of Galatians and Daily Drive Time Devotions. We're beginning that study today, the the study of this incredible book. It's all about the freedom that you can experience in Jesus Christ. I am am really looking forward to this study. If you are new to Drive Time Devotions, what we do in Drive Time Devotions is take a chapter a week, five days a week, ten minutes a day or so. And we can walk through the Bible that way because you and I are convinced that God's Word has the power to change our lives. And if you're not convinced of that yet, I know that as you walk through it, that something's going to happen in your life where you'll become convinced. I didn't become convinced that God's Word can change my life just as a philosophy of life. I became convinced as an experience of life through what He does in His Word. And Galatians, it it is a life-changing book. This book of Galatians that we're going to study the next six weeks together as we walk through its six chapters, has been given many powerful names over the years. Some have called it the Magna Carta of spiritual liberty. Others, the Charter of Freedom. Some, the Battle Cry of the Reformation. Some have called it the Christian Declaration of Independence. These are names that attest to the power with which this letter speaks. These are names that also attest to the conviction with which this letter speaks. This is, this is all about God's power to do something new in your life. Galatians, it's a great history-changing book. And in the way that it changed history, you and I can see the way that it has the power to change our lives. This is a book, Galatians, that solidified the distinctive Christian message of grace in the early church. It made sure that the first century church knew that salvation was by grace alone. It wasn't grace plus what I do. It was by God's grace, God's gift alone. And many say that the Reformation that came thousands of years later was sparked by a commentary, a commentary written by Martin Luther on this book of Galatians. It's a powerful, life-changing book. If if you're caught up in your life with some confusion about what's really true, what can I really trust, Galatians proclaims the certain security of the good news of Jesus Christ in your life. If you're bound up by old rules and traditions and legalism and self-instituted, self-doubt, self-empowered style of living, Galatians tells you that if you're tired of living the Christian life the way you've been living it, you can have a fresh freedom of life in Christ. Now today, we're going to look at just the first two verses of Galatians and sort of introduce the book where we're headed look at Galatians a little bit as if it were a play. We're going to look at the characters today, the setting today of this book, and tomorrow we're going to look at the plot of the book of Galatians. Let me read for you Galatians 1, 1 and 2. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers with me, to the churches in Galatia. To understand Galatians, First, you have to understand the characters, and there are three main characters or groups of characters to understand in Galatians. First, Paul, the very first word in the book. Now, you may know a lot about the Apostle Paul, but in this letter, you and I need to especially remember three aspects of his character. He's an apostle. He's speaking as an apostle. He's speaking as a missionary, but he's also speaking as a parent to these people that he loves. He's speaking as as an apostle. An apostle was one who had a certain closeness to Jesus. Remember, the apostles were the 12 that walked along with Jesus during his three years of public ministry. But Paul says, I'm an apostle. Why? Well, in other books of the Bible, Paul says he's an apostle like one chose lately, one chose out of time. The first 12 walked with Jesus the three years while he was in public ministry. Paul had an opportunity to walk with Jesus at a later time, and he was chosen as an apostle. He had a personal experience with Jesus Christ. He actually got to see him in his resurrected body. An apostle was one with a certain closeness to Jesus, and it was also a person, an apostle, who had a certain authority from Jesus because they actually heard personally his commission that were to take the gospel, the good news, to the whole world. Now, this idea of a closeness to Jesus and and an authority from Jesus is not so much about a greater honor as greater responsibility. They they had been entrusted with something to pass on to others. That's what Paul is saying when he says, I'm an apostle. He also says, I'm a missionary. I've gone out to the Galatians as a missionary to tell someone else the good news. And it's obvious as you read this book that Paul had a missionary heart towards the Galatians. He had an interest in them. Even more than that, he had a depth of love for them because he'd been the first to share the good news with them. He'd gotten them started in their Christian faith. And that's why he also speaks to them in a third way, not just as an apostle and a missionary. He also speaks to them as a parent. In fact, in Galatians 4, when we get there, we're going to see that Paul says he he labored for their spiritual growth like a mother laboring to bear a child. He has this love for them like a parent would have for a child. He has a deep commitment to these people. And they're in spiritual danger, we're going to find out as we walk through this book. And so he talked to them as a, as a child, would be spoken to who was in danger by their parent. There are urgent tones and strong convictions in what Paul has to say. There's also anger. There's anger at those who are doing the attacking, as any parent would. If if somebody's attacking your child, you have anger towards them, and you're going to hear anger from Paul towards those who are spiritually attacking the Galatians. You also hear surprise. Surprise at the Galatians, that they're so quickly falling into this trap. It's almost like a parent saying, oh, I'm so disappointed in you, you know how we say this as parents. I'm so surprised that you could go down this road. Paul talks that way to them. He also speaks to them with urgency. He knew the destructiveness of the doctrine that they were listening to, and so just as a parent would speak to a child who was in trouble and danger urgently, Paul speaks to them very urgently. So if you look at the characters in this book, you have Paul, you also have the Galatians whom we've already been talking about. These Galatians were a group of young Christians deciding on Christ's direction for their life. Now, Galatia was a a region in the ancient world. It included the cities of Antioch and Lystra and Derbe. It's a place where Paul had gone on his first missionary journey. So he writes to this region, we might call it a, a county today, and he says to them, I want you to know that I love you and I want to impress on you the urgency of the grace of God as you look at the Galatians, it's interesting, even in the first couple of chapters, the kinds of words that Paul uses to describe his emotions, his feelings towards them. He says he's amazed by them, but, but in this case, he's amazed that they're so quickly deserting the good news, that they're leaving their greatest strength. He says that they are foolish because they're trusting in all the wrong things. He even says that they're bewitched because they're confused about what the real truth is. He speaks in very clear language to these people that he loves. And the reason he could do that is because he would made a commitment of love to them. He'd gone to them. He'd spoken to them. He'd given his life for them in ministry. And so he speaks to them clearly and urgently. You have Paul. You have the Galatians. But there's also a third group to understand in the plot of what happens in this book. And that is a group known as the Judaizers. Now, who are the Judaizers? Well, it's a group of Christians who were also Jews, just like Paul, by the way. He was a Jewish Christian. What's the difference? In this case, these Judaizers were Christians who were telling new Christians they had to become Jewish in order to be Christian. In other words, you have to keep all the Old Testament law in order to follow Jesus Christ. So even though these people they were speaking to in Galatia hadn't grown up in a Jewish family, they said, you got you to take all of our traditions, all the things that we've done, in order to truly be a follower of Jesus Christ. They sought to make their experience... They'd come to Christ after they'd followed God as a Jew all of their life. They sought to make their experience the church's doctrine, and they taught in the end, because they were seeking to do this, that Jesus was actually an addition to the truth of salvation and not the sum total of the truth of salvation. We're going to talk about that a lot this week. They also fought. They fought for position by means of personal attack on those who disagreed, specifically Paul, and we're going to see how Paul defends himself against that attack this week. So those are, in brief, the characters in what happens in Galatia. The setting, the time is A.D., about 49 to 50, when Paul wrote this letter. The place where Paul wrote it, from which he wrote it, he just returned from his second missionary journey, and he finds, he gets the news that the Judaizers have swayed or swaying the Galatian church, that they're beginning to accept this false teaching. So he sits down, and you can tell, you can feel it in the letter, to rapidly write out this letter, and inspired by the Holy Spirit, you and I get a, get an insight into the passion that God has for our spiritual growth. Warren Wiersbe, writing in his introduction to, the, to his commentary on the book of Galatians, says this sentence, Galatians is a dangerous book. It is. It's dangerous to false ideas of faith, and it is also in my life, in your life, a dangerous invitation to real freedom, to break out of the box of faith that's only as big as I am, and to discover the real life of faith that only Jesus Christ can give. So as you and I begin to study this book together, I'd like to ask, I'd like to pray that God will do in our hearts and our lives what only he can do, bring genuine freedom, new freedom into our lives. Jesus Christ, we ask that you would use this book and our reading through the words to bring a new freedom into our lives in an overall way and in specific ways an overall sense of freedom, but also freedom at specific points in our lives where we need it. That's what this book is written for. And we believe in the power of your word. So we ask that your word would work in power in our lives. And we ask it, Jesus, in your name. Amen. And join us tomorrow. We're going to launch out into this great book about our freedom in Jesus Christ.